Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I can do the the show this week. Um, I know we canceled before, but um, you know, maybe we just we'll record next week. Man, that's I'm very just kidding. We can record this week. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your host who hates when plans change at the last minute, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. I don't think I have an opposite to say to that. It's not that I love changing plans at the next minute because I don't even want to say that. Then people might think that it's true, which sometimes I say things that are sort of true in response to your half. It's okay. It but didn't actually need I, I can't a even. half. It, it's just true for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely one of those people. Anyway, we've hinted enough uh, in our opening and uh, with what's, what we're talking about today. But uh, why don't you tell us what Jim in Slack asked us? Sure. Um, yeah, as Phil just said, our topic for this week came from Jim in the Slack Room for Life, which you can join if you would like to uh, Patreon or patron our show. Um, more information on that at the end of the show. So if you're into it, check it out. Um, but Jim asked, what do you do to emotionally manage a streak of canceled games? It seems like there's two to three times a year it happens. Not like, what one shot do you play because a player got COVID, but like, there is suddenly this three-hour void in my life, and I don't want to just work instead, and what does this mean? Um, are we the campaign? Is it in jeopardy? Etc. Yeah, so we're going to get into the emotional part of this um, on the second half. We're going to talk about some mechanical stuff uh, in the beginning, because I think it's worth explaining some things about dropped games and some things you can do to kind of mitigate that. but. Also, then we do need to talk about the emotional part of it because there is there is some emotions around it. And as I hinted to at the opening of the show, I'm a person who does not like their plans changed. Uh, I'm also the GM for most of my games. So I will also talk about what that feels like from the GM side when things get canceled. Yeah, I and I, I am also the person whose game group recently had to move from playing biweekly to playing bi-monthly question mark like we just plan a day when it works for all of us every two to three months um so there was definitely some emotions wrapped up in that transition for me recently um that are highly related to this topic <laughs> yeah yeah okay so cool let's let's get into the mechanical part first and then we'll definitely get into the emotional part of this so dropped or missed games there are two types of times when we don't play games. The first one is planned games that we're not going to play. So what I mean by that is we all get together, we, you know, make up a schedule and we're like, you know, we have a schedule, we're going to play on a certain day at a certain cadence, right? Some um, certain time, like every two weeks, every month, every week, whatever. And something in someone's calendar or everybody's calendar comes up where we can't play and we make a decision as a group. Okay, no problem. We're not playing two Sundays from now. Yes. This happened to me just recently where uh, the person who hosts our game was uh, away going to see WrestleMania. So they were like, I will be in LA, you know, on this particular Sunday at WrestleMania, I will be unable to play. And so we as a group were like, cool, we'll just not play that day. Yeah. That's no problem. At least, okay, <laughs> emotionally, that's no problem for me. Uh, that is a planned event. A thing I normally do has been planned not to be done. Mm-hmm. OK, so that and th these things happen. This is like this is the same thing with Christmas and holidays and stuff like that. Planned, known in advance. You just mark it out of your schedule. OK, dropped or missed games. When these happen at like unexpectedly and worse, unexpectedly at the last minute. Yes. And what we mean by that is. Everybody's intention was to play the game. And then the week of 
halfway three days before the day before the, the morning of that afternoon, <laughs> that afternoon <laughs> before you get together, mm-hmm. somebody or somebody's cannot attend and notify everybody. And now we've gone from, yes, we're playing tonight at five to now I do not have a game at five. Yes. Okay. Those are, well, they suck. Yes. <laughs> so let's just be honest. Look, <laughs> I'm not saying the reasons for it aren't valid. There are many reasons, especially even more so in today in our COVID times where if somebody's feeling slightly under the weather or unsure if they have a cold or not and don't want to come, like they can't plan for having a cold. And so this happens. Other things happen um, if you have uh, a job that has a lot of demands, if you have a family of any sort, like it is unavoidable that dropped games will happen. Yeah. They still suck. Life, we have to remember, as disappointing as it can be, as adults, life still has to come first. Yes. You have a migraine, you have to take care of yourself. Of course, as your friends, we want you to take care of yourself. You, um, your kid is sick. Like, I mean, these are really obvious things, right? Have have grace in the why things are dropped. Yes. You don't have to like the actual drop, but have grace for the why. Why, yeah. Okay. Yes. Now... I do want to mention a thing, and I think I'll, I'll mention it and then you can pick up on it. Yes. <laughs> so there is a thing that has to do with how can you tell if there is a problem in your game early on, or not even early on, if there's a problem in your game or game group that you can tell by dropped and missed games. Yeah. It's keep, no, keep what going. I call the cascade failure, right? So what happens is... One person, for any reason, legitimate or not, says they can't attend the game. And within minutes, everybody is canceling right behind them. Like they literally were waiting. They didn't want to be the first one to cancel. But once the doors open, they pile in and are like, oh, you know what? I can't make it either. I got a thing like or it'd be better if I, you know, did my whatever, whatever, you know, washed my socks, whatever. I'm not trivializing it, but my point is, my point is when you have a cascade of cancellations, starting with like one initial cancellation, there's probably something else going on. Yeah. So this is, um, this was my personal recent experience. And if any of y'all are listening to this, just remember that I love you. And it's not like, obviously we have grace for why people cancel games, um, we got into a very bad rhythm with my particular in-game group. Um, we're, we've been playing together for, gosh, um, six, seven years now. Seven years, I want to say. Um, and, and we survived the, the pandemic and moving online. And then also like a couple of people moving away and like still playing partially online, partially in person. Like, you know, the, the circumstances of us continuing to play have gotten um, more interesting, both just around the game, but then also the life circumstances of every single person in this group have changed drastically in the last seven years. Um, there is not a single person whose life circumstances have not changed drastically. Um, and that is everything from there's nobody left in my group who's married. And we started out <laughs> with a lot of married people um, to, you know, just like, I don't live there anymore, like major life transitions of uh, various kinds, um, massive job transitions to jobs that are way more intense, even though previous jobs were intense. This is like even more, um, more single parenting stuff. Like there's just, there's been so much life changes. Um, but we did get to a point kind of going into the holidays last year. And then I was hoping that it would kind of resolve when the holidays were done, but it continued in, just continued this year um, where what would happen was definitely one person would cancel really legitimate reasons. And then the rest of the game would literally just fall apart. And it would be, um, I would check in on Monday and be like, hey, are we still on for gaming on Thursday? And everybody would say yes. And then on Thursday at like noon, 
the dominoes would all fall apart. And by, by dinner time on Thursday, we didn't have a game anymore. Right. Um, and we were, we were trying to kind of pull through that. We know we, at first we were doing like, well, let's just hang out and be social with like the, the half of us who can come or whatever. And we did a lot of playing. If we just, if we had just enough people, we would still play. Um, and that wasn't a big deal, but it was more of a problem that frequently there would just suddenly be like three of the seven of us, which is very, very short. Um, like that's one GM and two players instead of one GM and five players. (laughs) Like it's, pretty it's pretty drastic so um we kind of realized this is this was this is not it wasn't even a failure of our particular game but it was a failure of our scheduling our current scheduling was no longer functioning um for the lives that we are now living um so that's what we ended up addressing and i don't know if it makes sense to talk about that now or talk about it later i think we can talk about it at either later or in another show. But I think it, it highlights it highlights what I would call a problem that is occurring within the group. And that problem is probably emotional. And I don't mean like bad emotions, but I mean people's feelings about the game, about the game group, about the priority of the game in the scope of the rest of their lives has probably changed. Well, I think a lot of it was non-optional stuff. So I also do really think that just life circumstances changed a lot. No, absolutely. But but that but that means that people's energy, their emotional energy to commit to the game is going is elsewhere. Different. Yeah. And also different when you go from being in person to remote. Yeah. Right? Like, to split. All, like exactly. Hybrid is also a very difficult thing to manage. The other thing that I would say about this experience for me, and this is where like I feel I feel for you, Jim, so much because this transition for me was very, very difficult um, because you don't just wonder like when it happens over and over again for months. Right. Like because it was going on for like four months before we made the switch. Um, When it happens over and over and over again like that, you don't just start wondering is there something wrong with this game? You start wondering, is there something wrong with me? Do people not want to spend time with me anymore? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, especially if you have any, especially if you have any kind of trauma associated around that. Like I do yeah. and you do. Hello. <laughs> right. Like Hi. I do and you do. So immediately, like I start to think like, well, people have probably reprioritized me. Right, right. Me personally, not even just the Correct. game, but like me personally, like, like, you know, obviously, um, this, the social time that is really important to me is just not as important to everybody else. And and that's a, whoo, that's like a whole can of worms. And I don't think that we should dive all the way into that. But I do think that we should mention is pure, it is entirely possible that you may feel that. And the thing that I will tell you from, from two of us who definitely can, and I definitely was feeling that, right, is to remember, and it takes effort to just work on consistently remembering this, um, it's probably not about you. It really probably is not about you. Correct. And sometimes it doesn't feel good because you might have trauma that says, oh God, what did I do wrong, right? You didn't. Like, life has done stuff to everybody and maybe it's just not working out right now. And that actually isn't anything to do with you. Even if it's something to do with the game itself, it's still probably not anything to do with you personally, right? And there's a super, I I don't want to make this trivial. Sure. There is a definitive way to, uh, to relieve that demon, which is to ask everybody. Yes. Like (laughs) it is like, rather than having to live with that demon in your head, when it happens to me, and I say now, because now as the product of several years of therapy, when I am aware that this is starting to happen, I will go and ask that question to my friends. Yeah. And, and that will help with putting that demon to rest. Or maybe someday it'll confirm maybe my greatest Maybe someday it won't. Yeah, it won't, but it's fine. <laughs> At least you'll know. <laughs> I will mention one other potential um, trauma slash demon. Uh, I know it resides in my head, which is I'm always afraid that I am way more into something than everyone else. And I say this because by my own personality, when I am way into something, I can be kind of overbearing about it. 
So I do a lot of when I'm around people of toning back how into something I really am as not to kind of overwhelm everyone else with it. Like I purposely kind of uh, don't either don't allow myself to get super into something or if I do, I don't really talk about it with everybody. For the same reason, like I, like I start to think, am I the only one who really wants this game to go through? Because I'm the one who's Mm -hmm. like super into this game. And now the rest of you aren't going to help hold it up for me. I don't want to be that kind of burden to anybody. So I don't talk, like, I don't talk about that. I just, you know, like keep that in and play, you know, quote, cool. (laughs) Yes. Right. Yeah. Then we play some masking games. Also, I just have two words for you about you being more into like that fear of stuff um, and where that lives in my head, because my two words are strawberry milk. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) for you, I mean, yes, like, no, I mean, that's definitely like a hyper focus thing. I don't know if it's necessarily a hyper focus thing for me, but like, um, I, I don't think it's a hyper-focused thing for me because I don't put everything aside. Yeah. But when I'm super into something, I emotionally invest in it heavily, like my role-playing group. And so, like, when those things don't happen, they affect me in a way that's probably more than just, oh, we're not playing tonight. Yes. So, and I don't put that on anyone uh, to have to manage. I manage that internally. Yeah. Therapy. So. Therapy is great. <laughs> therapy ther- therapy um, helps in not like, you know, making my friends have to yeah. manage my shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is a lot of just like, yes, if, if I have these, we're we're having a deep opening up <laughs> podcast Jim did today. ask us to talk emotionally about this. To talk about emotions. So all I mean, like, and, and, and we can only truly... Any person only lives inside of their own head. So what we can truly do is speak to you about our personal emotional experiences of blown games. Um, And they have some feels when they happen all the time. And, um, and, 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 you know, there's some other stuff to this, which is like based on my experience and, um, our realization that the schedule was the problem. So, so notice two things, right? The game was not the problem. I was not the problem. Those are two things that, you know, we just had to keep working on um, internally, me, right? That's, those are, I knew that, I knew that the me part was a me thing, right? So that was like a, you know, I don't, I don't need to spray these emotions all over the place. I'm getting better at that. I'm not always gonna, I'm getting better at it. Um, but, you know, when you are able to then pinpoint the problem, for us it being the schedule, if it was the actual game, if you pinpointed the game, then you could take actions to fix it. Mm-hmm. But for us, it was the scheduling. Um, so we've readjusted the schedule and our expectations. And now that my expectation is not that I'm playing bi-weekly with these fantastic people, now that my expectation is that we're playing based on a, a, a months in advance scheduled date that everyone has said that they can make and is committed to, um... And, and we've sort of changed the t- style of game that we're playing. So we're playing these one-shot, more parlor LARP-style games that we are playing in an afternoon. So we don't have to worry about, do we get the same people back, blah, 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 blah. Or like, we're playing a one-shot. Um, it has removed so much of that burden from me. Now, if those, if those like, bi-monthly ones start getting canceled and stuff, I'm going to have feels again, right? And it'll be on me to deal with some of those. Um but I have taken additional steps in my life to get social energy from other sources as well so that I am no longer primarily and consistently only dependent on game night to be my social activity so that when it gets blown, I'm just like a mess, right? We'll get to that a little that, more. That we'll do later. In a, in a minute. Right. Okay, Yeah, but cool. I'm, just, I'm just talking about from a scheduling perspective because I really have, I've filled gaps in my scheduling because this is planned stuff now, right? Literally have that written. Okay. Coming down the line okay. here. You've read it. Okay. <laughs> I, I was interpreting it differently. <laughs> Carry <Okay>. on. <laughs> All right. So back to dropped and missed games. They definitely happen. They can be a sign of problems in your game. And just as we said, they can mess with you emotionally, depending on what you've got going on in your head. We've talked about some of the things that are in ours. 
I'm going to talk a little bit again back to mechanics about some mitigation. We talked about a few of these in like in our conversation, but I want to just touch back on them as ways to kind of mitigate and prevent dropped games from happening. So the first one, which we mentioned was check-ins. Yeah. Uh, and someone in my group, it'll be me or someone else in the group, uh, will put a check-in into our uh, Slack channel that we keep for each of our game nights. And just, hey, just a reminder, we're playing this, you know, we're playing this week. Sometimes it includes like a, hey, let's make plans for dinner, whatever, whatever. And sometimes we will also use that check-in as a reminder, like, hey, hey, if there's some things you needed to plan or figure out to do in the game before you get here, now is a good time to do it. Mm-hmm. But its real purpose is to make sure that everybody puts in their brain, we're playing. Yeah, for this week. Okay. This is our on week. We're playing. Yep. yep. Uh, some of the campaigns I've played in, we've used alternate scheduling. So we've had uh, things where we've had a blown game you know, suddenly somebody calls it and we can't play and we'll be like, hey, why don't we play Monday night? Now, I don't live in a world right now where my schedule is flexible enough to do that, (laughs) but I used to. And if you do and your group is kind of flexible, especially if you're like, say you're all roommates, you live in the same house kind of thing and, you know, you're working or your jobs are pretty stable and regular in terms of hours. Sometimes you can just go from drop game to, hey, Let's uh, let's kick the game over to Monday or whatever. Like I play on Sundays. If it's a drop game, it's pretty much dropped. But if yeah. I was playing like on a Tuesday and a game got dropped, I got the weekend to potentially figure out if we can get a game in there. Yeah. Not always, but maybe you but can. Maybe. Yeah. Don't put pressure on yourself. If you can't, you can't. I definitely cannot alternate schedule now. Yes. The other one is be proactive about places where dropped games would likely occur my game groups do not play games over the holidays when i mean the holidays i mean the december holidays Mm -hmm. whichever ones you celebrate but sometime after thanksgiving and sometime like heading into the beginning of december we pick a date and we don't play again till january yeah now there are yeah, there's a yeah, we go on hiatus and there's a number of reasons for it. It's nice to take time off and stuff like that, but we just know that historically over those couple weeks in late December, things get jumbled, people come into town, people go out of town, like all of those things occur and so we would often get dropped. We'd often have blown or dropped games in that time period. And so proactively, we just take those off the schedule. Right. And that's, you know, that's just saving yourself. Like, don't be overly optimistic. Take a hiatus. Because when you know you're taking a hiatus, you can prepare for it in your story. And you can prepare for it when you come back. As opposed to, oh, I think we're going to play. Oh, somebody's got a Christmas party. Now we can't play. You know, and it's all messy kind of thing. So when you can, And when you can be proactive, be proactive. Now, as we also said before, those mitigations are great and they will help somewhat. But you at some point are still going to have somebody drop out of a game. It's just human nature. The other one that I will say that you should be at the beginning of every one of your campaigns in session zero as part or even above that as part of your general social contract of your gaming group in general is what is the quorum of people necessary to run a session yeah in the past mine was everyone wow everyone has to be here <laughs> wow or we can't play <laughs> Wow. <laughs> well, my li- lives were a lot easier and it wasn't actually hard to stick getting okay. everyone to attend. Fair but enough. <laughs> rather than figuring. And then what happened was what happened was this this exact thing would happen. We'd have a we'd have a drop game. Somebody would say they couldn't make it. And then we wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Should we play? Can yep. we play without this person? I'll ask if we can play without this person. That kind of thing. The easier way to handle this is in your social contract or in your session zero, have a thing that says, we will play this game as long as X number of people 
show up. Now, if you're playing a traditional style game where there is a GM and players, the GM has to be one of the people who can show up. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, obviously. Obviously. Otherwise, but go just, play something else. Yeah. Right. <laughs> obviously, just or go play something else. Um, but how many players plus the GM need to be here in order for us to play the game? Sometimes that can be like one. Like you can have one person not show up and there's still enough of a quorum and we, you know, we can play the normal campaign. We'll talk about some alternatives in a second, but we can play the, the camp ongoing campaign. Mm-hmm. If two people don't show up. What do we do? And this is going to vary on a couple of things. It's going to vary one on the size of your group. If your group is small, it may not handle, you know, too many people being uh, missing. It will depend on the style of game you're playing. If you're playing a game where everybody travels together in a little group doing something like crawling through a dungeon or something, maybe or maybe not having somebody not be there. Can and cannot be a problem. Also, is anyone going to play that person's character, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. If you are playing games where all the players are each playing their own plot lines that occasionally cross over each other when they choose to, those games are a lot more tolerant to people not showing up because you can just simply uh, not play their storylines and just play everybody else's for the evening. And so you can actually tolerate a couple people being gone because their stuff just doesn't get covered and you just play other people's storylines. And then what actually worked out really well for us as we were sort of getting winding to the end of how long we could string along our bi-weekly games was um, games that were very episodic, right? That every, every session was a contained story and we played it with whoever was there that night. Um, Absolutely. So that's um, the other. Yeah. And this would go to something like a West Marches campaign. Exactly. Yep. Uh, in when Chris ran Dungeon World, the goal in the beginning of the game, it changed over the course of the campaign, but the goal in the beginning of the campaign was to always return to town at the end of the session. And that meant that the next session, whoever was in town and wanted to go back into the Airy Peaks could go into the Airy Peaks. Yeah. I'm currently playing um, public access with Chris and that is a game that very easily, if somebody can't make it, even if two people couldn't make it that night, we could still go and play part of the uh, game because they're actually up to three ongoing mysteries going on at any one time. So we can actually just go into any one of them and work on them like two characters. Yeah, we were actually playing Brindlewood Bay um, and we played it a little bit differently. And then what we ended up doing was playing a mystery a night. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we just played one mystery start to finish all the way through in a night. And that meant um, there are seven of us total potential players. Right. Um, There are some people who are more likely like there's some people who are more consistently iffy that we just kind of always consider a maybe and then like other people that are more consistent. Um, And um, basically, as long as we had the GM and like three of us. So that means three people could drop before we you know, we're totally like out of game. Um, Like then we still had three mystery mavens, murder mavens, mystery mavens. Oh man, it hasn't been that long Um, to, to, to just go solve a mystery. And it was kind of like whoever, it was just whatever mavens were available in game that day. Right. Yeah. Happened to be out and about. So consider having a game quorum because sometimes you don't have to have a dropped game just because one person can't make it. That's yeah. what that's what having a quorum gives you is the ability to kind of withstand a certain amount of scheduling turbulence. Yes. Okay. A few more mechanical things and let's get into yes. the field. Yes, yes, we'll yes, return yes. to the feels. Return to the feels. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about, let's go with your game has been uh, missed. Like it's dropped. Somebody can't make it. We've re we, we can't establish quorum, whatever. And no matter what we did, we tried all the other things, check-ins, whatever we can't hit, we can't hit quorum. We're not playing. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to move one of these things up the list. Um, cause this goes to, this goes to what Jim said. I'll go back to, um, their quote. There is suddenly a three hour void in my life and I don't want to just work. Okay, I'm going to just snip, snip. Mm -hmm. Let me be very clear on this. Um, Even though I only took one class in recreation in college, but it was a 
really important class in my psyche. If you have scheduled the three-hour block for recreation, do not let it be anything else, whether you game or don't. I'll explain. We as human beings require a certain amount of recreation in our lives in order to emotionally recharge ourselves, in order to do all the rest of the things that we have to do. If we go back to the spoon theory, spoon model, we need to get spoons in order to spend spoons. So if your game block is what's giving you spoons, and suddenly your game falls through, you'd still need to do something that gives you spoons in that time period. Otherwise, you are now, you have, de- you have not replenished your spoons before everything else that depletes your spoons picks up again. And I ran into a really interesting thing recently, um, and I'm experimenting with it in my own life. So like, take it, take it as you will. But I ran into a thing in recently that was um, a discussion of the difference between planning recreation and, and like planning for things that will give you, um, you know, basically recharge your battery versus like having time where you don't necessarily have anything planned. And so it's theoretically relaxing, but like if you just um, don't kind of think about it and just let it drift by, how that doesn't end up necessarily recharging your battery. It just sort of keeps you in stasis um, about where your battery charge is. And that was really interesting to me because I feel like I've been doing a lot of that, (laughs) Um, which is like, oh, downtime, I guess I'm on TikTok again, but that's not necessarily recharging my battery. So engaging in intentional activity that is something that you know can recharge your battery when it can't be gaming. All right. So now we have to get a little nuanced here. Yes. This is going to, this answer will be different for everybody. Yes. uh, Based on who you are. But. Of course. In order to do the thing we just said, Mm -hmm. you actually need to know what is it that gaming is doing? Yeah. That's making you feel good. What is, what is recharging? And it's a little different for everyone. If you are an extrovert, there is a good chance, or even if ambivert, extrovert, whatever, there is a good chance that part of your gaming experience is human contact. Even if you're it, an introvert, like we all actually need some level of human contact. Sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. But maybe that's the thing that your game is doing for you because it's not like you're not getting it anywhere else. Yes. Maybe it's just a chance to engage your brain in a challenge to do something, you know, um, creative. It might be to do something that's just not work. Like you need to kind of figure out the answer for that. Because when we say, when I said at the beginning, you need to keep that as recreation time. It has to be doing a thing that replaces what gaming did for you. So if, Create if, if creative outlet is your thing and now you're not playing, you need to substitute it with another creative outlet, right? And so, for instance, like playing just a um, playing like a race car game may not yeah. substitute the creative outlet you get from playing your game, playing something like Minecraft where you're building something or whatever might be the right thing. It's going to take you a little introspection to figure out what those things are. But like, for instance, if one of your reasons for getting together and playing your game is to get together socially, if the game part can't be played, you may still get some spoons by getting together with everyone and having dinner or playing a board game or something else. If you are the kind of person who's like, no, that doesn't actually do anything for me if everybody else comes over, it's nice, but it's not a replacement for my role playing, then it's another part of the role playing experience that you are missing. And I think it's important to also note that it might be fulfilling, like role playing might be fulfilling multiple things for you. So if you can at least engage in one of them, 
um, and then try to fill in some of the other gaps in other ways um, throughout the rest of the time till you play again. Um, so for me, there's a lot of escapism involved. There's a lot of socializing. Um, I think those are probably a lot of my, and then there's the creative outlet. But I think, um, so, so a lot of times just because we have people long distance and stuff, we can't necessarily just like, bam, make socializing happen the same way that we could if everybody was in town. But I can still engage in escapism, right? Because the books will never leave me. <laughs> exactly. The books can't get away. Um, and if it's escapism, right? I have plenty of video games in my collection right. that will solve escapism. And then, but then the, so the important thing that I've been learning for myself is then that I need to schedule myself social time, for example, to make up for that lost social time. Um, and in that, you know, might just be reaching out to um, a friend, whatever friend, and asking them to do something on the upcoming weekend or whatever that looks like. Um, and and very intentionally planning yourself time to make up for some of that lost um, engagement in whatever that that piece is that you need. Yeah. And and to me, this is really the the crux of this is that without knowing the thing you need to substitute, if you're like, well, I'm not playing today and I needed a creative outlet, but instead I'm going to go read for three hours. Like that's nice. Yeah. But, but you didn't, didn't get your creative outlet. Yeah. Right. If you're like, you know, I'm, um, I didn't get to play today uh, with my group, but I'm going to go play a solo RPG. Yeah. For the next hour or two, you know, and do some journaling and stuff like that that may tide you over, right? Like that may substitute in what you needed. I think the worst thing you can do, and again, there are reasons people will do this and it's fine, but I think the worst thing you can do is when you suddenly don't have recreation time is that you fill it back up with work. Yeah. Because what you've done is you're taking a thing that potentially gives you spoons and you replaced it with a thing that is taking spoons. Yes. Right? And so- <laughs> You have taken, you are just now, you have now taken more spoons and done nothing to replenish your spoons. So the best piece of advice I can give when it comes to missed games and dropped games is keep that time for what it is. Don't do the Puritan thing where it's like, well, have more time I can work. You know, don't be the tech bro who's like, you know, I microdose caffeine so that I can work 16 hours a day. I work Ugh. while I'm pooping. Like, don't like, don't. Those people eventually have breakdowns. Um, do yourself a favor. Cherish your recreation time for what it is and, and treat it as something special. So your homework piece of this is sit down in a quiet space and figure out what thing or things does my gaming give me and what are my backups yeah. for those should we be unable to play? Yeah. And give give yourself some some selections, right? Like, don't be like, if I don't play, this is the only thing that I can right. do, right? Like, right, right. it's just having a list of ideas so that right. when when that emotional drop happens, um, because the other part of this is when you're very disappointed because you thought you were going to game, it's not a time that you're feeling really creative about other things that you could do that would be nice or feel nice to do, right? Yeah. It's, it's a difficult time to come up with that stuff on the fly, just because if you're in a, a down emotional place, cause your game just got canceled, which like obviously, as we've discussed, like, that's a thing for me. Um, that's a time that it's difficult for me to come up with things that are going to make me feel better because like, wow, we can talk about more trauma stuff, but I know that this is not just me in the world, but it's, I mean, I'm sure it's not everybody and everybody experiences it differently, but you know, um, if you're feeling down about something and your feelings about being down about something have anything to do with, Maybe it's because I screwed up or they don't like me anymore, right? 
at that point, it's difficult for me to feel like I am worthy of giving myself things that I like, <laughs> right? Or things that make me feel good. Um, because, you know, then you there, there's, there's a spiral that you can get into um, that you can, you know, you have to play careful with. Um, and so if it's difficult on the back end of games, especially games that are being canceled very last minute, um, to, to come up with things that you can do that you will still get pleasure out of because you are still worthy of having good, pleasant recreation time that fulfills the brief of recreation time, um, then it's better to have an idea of what those things can be or a list of some, just some thoughts, right? Just some ideas. And if you're not feeling any of them when it happens, then you're not feeling any of them, right? Like it's not a requirement, but a list of potential ideas that you can look at and maybe be like, well, my game's not going off, but oh man, I could do this thing that I've been really excited to do, but haven't had time to do yet. And that would, you know, fulfill me in at least some of the same ways. Exactly. I'm going to mention a thing from the GM side sure. as a person who preps. Yes. So I don't like, I don't like dropped games for a lot of reasons. Um, largely, I don't like dropped games for a lot, lot of reasons, but from a GM side, if I have spent all week GMing a game and now suddenly there's mean, no game. Do you mean prepping a game? Prepping a game. <laughs> right? I was like, you GMed the game all week? Goodness. <laughs> My apologies. If I've prepped a game during the course of the week and now there's no game, that was time during the week I could have been doing other stuff that I didn't. Yeah. Now, I used to get mad at that. Okay. Used to get kind of bent about that uh, because if the game was a knowable reason, like if there was a knowable reason to tell me, the earlier you tell people, the uh, more time they have to kind of adjust things. Like if I find out that my game's getting dropped on a Monday when I play on Sundays, it's cool, man. I just won't like I won't yeah. do any of the prep work. It's fine. No problem. I'll go do other stuff for the week. Yep. If it is Saturday and you tell me that the game's dropped, it's nothing I can do about the earlier part of the week. Now, if you only knew on Saturday. No, that's just being a GM. That's just part of the, it's just, it's just the table stakes of this, right? It's, it's the things life. you accept. Life. Yeah. So as a, as a courtesy to people, if you know that you have to drop a game, drop early for your GM's sake. Yes. Now here's the thing as GMs, even if a game gets dropped, even on Sunday afternoon, that prep does not expire. No. It just means the next week before my game I don't have to do any prep. So um, the way I have framed it in my mind is, hooray, like, okay, well, we didn't have a game this week, week and I spent all week prepping it. But in two weeks, the week before the game, I don't have to do anything. I'll just have to like quick reread my prep and I'll be ready to go. Yeah. So don't, don't like, don't sour on that too much. Consider that future you has got a little extra free time and don't think about the time that in the just previous you um, spent doing something that isn't going to go through. It evens out, right? It evens out. Yeah. yeah. Think long, think long game on that. Yeah. Okay. Lastly, and again, this is a person like me with a type, with a strong type A personality. I don't do well with last minute changes anywhere in my life. I deal with them because I can but they cause me to expend energy to handle them. Mm -hmm. So I am the kind of person who I will, I have an emotional reaction to last minute changed events. I have been in gaming long enough to know that this just happens with games. Like I have a game in four hours at any moment, it could get canceled. Right. I hope not. And I just have to be like, I'm just comfortable with that now but it took a lot of work to make myself comfortable with it and what am I going to do that kind of thing so be aware of your own ability to handle last minute scheduling changes like I said I am not one of those people who does it with grace but I know how to burn spoons to make that happen yeah so that can also be a thing that is wearing on you emotionally so Again, 
what we've been talking about in this segment has really been about understanding what you're getting out of gaming and knowing how to kind of fill that gap. And if I, if you leave with anything from this episode, keep your recreation time. Like even if you don't do exactly the same recreation, like it's great if you have some substitutes that fill in those things, but even if it's like, well, my game's canceled, I'm going on a three hour bike ride sure. that is still better mm -hmm. than doing work. Yes. Don't do work. <laughs> right. It is. You weren't going to do that stuff anyway during the game. Don't do it just because there isn't a game. Yes. You are still going to get some amount of spoons on a three hour bike ride that has nothing emotionally to do with what you get out of gaming, then you will if you just like clean up the house. Now, I will put a big caveat on that. If somehow cleaning up the house gives you some of the spoons that you get from gaming. And I don't know exactly how to connect those dots, but maybe. Maybe it does. I maybe mean, it does, cleaning then, is a control thing then, and it can sometimes be very satisfying. Sure, so, sure. Then you, know, it's, you do you. you. Know, <laughs> right. But don't punish yourself mm -hmm. by doing something you don't want to do just because your game um, time isn't there. Guess that's yeah. my point. As as the almighty pandas, we absolve you from guilt at having free time because your game was canceled. That time yeah, is still and, yours. <laughs> go forth and do something with it that will make you feel better. Yes. Okay. Last part of this, we touched a little bit on this on the beginning, is, um, and we've talked about this on, on Misdirected Mark uh, sometime last year, but it's the emotional energy cycle that goes from playing. There is a certain amount of emotional energy you get from playing your game. and. When you are a player, that little bump of um, emotional energy you get from playing the game makes you excited to go play the game next, Again. you know, next, next time it comes up. Yeah. When you are a GM, there's actually a big chunk of emotional energy you get from running your game and having it go through and go pretty well that fuels you to do the other work you need to do to keep this game running, your um, session prep, your campaign prep. Whatever it is, like just dedicated, like taking time to, you know, learn the rules or clean up your knowledge, your rules, mastery, whatever. That emotional energy from playing is like what feeds us to dig into the more, quote, work parts of the game. Yes. Um, because you do the worky parts and then you do the play part and the play part makes you feel good. And then it makes the work parts um, much easier to do. Yes. When you start having dropped games, this cycle gets all screwed up. Yes. Because now you didn't play mm -hmm. and you may still need to do some other stuff. And hopefully you're going to play, but then you don't play, right? Yeah. Yeah. And by the third one of these, Oof. you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Right. <laughs> like, is anyone even into this game? Do we even want to play this game? Like, what, like, why am I taking time out of my week to do a thing when everybody's just canceling? And so there's a disruption. And I'll refer you to that there's a misdirected mark episode that has more about this. I'll try to find it before the show ends to give you the exact number. But this cycle, when it gets interrupted, will start to mess with you. And if you have any of the demons in your head, like Senda and I were talking about, yep. <laughs> this is where they like flare oh up boy. and they're suddenly like, maybe you're just into this more than everybody else. Maybe everybody else is casual and you nerd are too into this maybe and you're just overthinking it. Maybe they maybe just maybe don't they like you it. anymore. Yeah. Correct. like <laughs> Maybe they just don't want to spend time with you. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. And, and that once that like once that creeps in your head, now you're mm -hmm. all over the place. Right. Because one, it's probably just a scheduling problem or it's actually just a problem. Like we said earlier, it's a problem. Like maybe everybody just doesn't like this game. Right. And Again, I actually I actually had this you. problem. Yeah. yeah. Actually, this problem is a player. Uh, Chris was running his D&D &D game and it was a pretty OK D&D &D game. I don't think Chris was overly thrilled with it. Um I didn't think it was terrible, but I also didn't think it was like, holy shit, like, you know, you know, I can't, you know, I can't wait to play this game. It was more like, yep, we're playing this game. We had a discussion about it. We switched to public access. And now I'm pretty sure we won't have 
random problems like getting together for the game. Everybody's way more committed to this game. Chris is more committed to it. It fits better with these players. Everybody's having a good time. Will we have people miss a game or drop a game? Yes. Do I think it puts the gap, the, the game in jeopardy? No. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's a difference, right? It helps. Um, so I guess what I'm saying here is when that energy cycle gets disrupted, you can start kind of getting into your own head about it, right? Like it'll just start creeping into your head and it will start messing with you. And the best thing you can do when that happens is to start talking. Yeah. I mean, surprise, folks. <laughs> when it comes right down to it, what do we always talk about? Communication. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember some of this now. Oh, yeah? I'm looking, I'm looking oh, yeah? back through the misdirected mark log. Oh, yeah. Uh, MMP 484, uh, GM emotional return on investment is one of those episodes. So what do we get from GMing? Um, and that kind of digs into... Uh, that whole thing about like when we GM, we get certain, certain positive energy, that positive energy is what kind of catapults us forward. And I will say this, it doesn't just catapult your game forward. It catapults the idea that you want to GM forward. Yeah. I mean, and it also catapults your, your players into the next session and maintains commitment and priority for the time that everyone is setting aside to game together. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's everybody's emotional investment. Yeah. Like when um, you, when you, come off of a really good game mm -hmm. when you've had like a really good session mm -hmm. your thoughts about like you know the next game yeah you're, you're not sitting there like how do I get out of the next game right you're sitting there exactly. like I can't wait for the next game also check uh misdirected mark 460 getting excited mm -hmm. I think might be the other episode that talks about the emotional cycle um that emotional cycle thing between games so anyway, those things are real. Um, and I find this to be this whole thing about missed games and your emotions about it and everything. It is a bigger issue when your campaign is not established than when your campaign is established. When people are emotionally invested in the campaign, when people are excited about the game you're playing and you have one or two of these scheduled things, everybody's like, oh, man, it sucks that we didn't get to play. But don't worry, we'll get back to the table. Unless you have an ongoing scheduling issue, like I well, experienced, like right, which that's is yeah, right? there, there was like an ongoing problem. So just I'm, I throw that out there again, just to say, just acknowledge, like, and then communicate if the issue is a scheduling issue because everybody's lives have changed, right? Yeah. So, um, and we double back on this because this is definitely what we talked about at the yes, top at the of beginning. the hour. <laughs> yeah. So, and I say hour because we are right at the hour point. So yes. I do want to actually start to wrap us up here. And kind of bring us into the conclusion. So from the emotional side, I think that we did a good job of kind of covering the emotional aspects of this. And there are legitimate emotional feelings we get from having dropped or missed games. Yes. Uh, that are different from planned breaks. Yes. Distinctly. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're distinctly different <laughs> from planned breaks. We talked about some mitigation techniques, ways to try to keep your dropped or missed games down to a minimum. But no matter what you do, it is inevitable that they're going to happen. They are just a natural part of this hobby. So in some ways, you need to kind of make a mental plan and assume that this can happen at some point and know what you're going to do. The most important thing we talked about out of this is about maintaining your recreation time, right? You, you have dedicated time in your schedule, in your week, in your life to playing this game. Don't give that time up. Go find something else to do with it. I say that, that is easier than, is easier for some people than others in their life situation and stuff like that. I respect that, but also as much as possible, keep that recreation time intact if you can yes and as a corollary to that do the introspection to understand what you are getting out of your gaming time so that you can pick other recreation activities that will give you those things so that you are in a net positive getting spoons for that block of time 
Okay. Cool. And then lastly, like we talked about what happens about um, campaigns being in jeopardy and that flow of energy that kind of propels games forward and what happens when it gets disrupted. Uh, again, go check out those two Misdirected Mark episodes if you want even a more in-depth geeky uh, analysis of that, of just that yeah. section. Spend a bunch of, of time on about. just that bit. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Hmm. We got here. That brings us to the end. <laughs> Thank you very much um, for listening. Before we reach the conclusion of the show, Send is going to tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Yeah. Uh, on FACA with Advantage, Ange and Jared love talking about RPGs and D&D. Together, they share their insights into the games they're running in the campaign journal and then tackle a variety of topics that affect the game in the DM's workshop. They're going to talk anyway, so they might as well record it. And then just to be clear, edit it. It's not just straight conversation. It is edited. Maybe you'll even learn to pick up an ancient D&D uh, factoid about a previous edition of the game that you'll never use. Fun I feel stuff. like that. I feel like that end part would be true for us too. Like we're going to just sit here and talk about it. You might as well also get to be part of it, right? But like, I feel like it's important we, to say that it's like at least somewhat directed or edited, and not just like here's a completely oh, rambling conversation. Like I don't want anybody to think like, oh, they just sit down and then they're just like, I don't know, what should we talk about? I don't know. What no, do you want to Ange talk and about? Jared are, like, no, they're great. Ange and Jared are way more together. They than are that. very professional. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Senda, where can people find us on the internet? Well, you can still find us on Twitter. It's Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Dice.Camp on Mastodon at Idella Mifland and at DNA Phil. Um, you can find us on TikTok, same usernames. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, forums.misdirectedmark.com. We're failing all of that because social media is a wild wasteland of question marks still ongoing at the moment, you can always drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Yeah, by all means, send us questions, topics, whatever it is that's on your mind about role-playing, be it jamming or playing, that would make your life a little better. Um, just whatever it is that would just take your game from here to there. I go as an upward motion. Uh, <laughs> let us know because we want to help. We want to share our many decades and it is many decades of experience. Between the two of us, it's a lot of decades. <laughs> yes, it is many decades of experience in gaming and whatever you're running across, we probably have run across it too. And we have some thoughts on it largely because one we've run across it but two we spend a lot of time thinking about these things like i have spent like almost i don't know a decade and a half i think if we include um if we include gnome stew mm -hmm. like i've spent almost 15 years at least i know 10 for sure but i'm thinking it's closer to 15 thinking like this like thinking about problems in gaming and thinking about ways to improve things in gaming so when we get one of these topics, like my brain just goes into gear and like we start working our process for how we, you know, come together and bring you information. We want to give you that information because what we want you to do is to grab the parts of it that you can use, use it to make your games better, more better games. The more games you run, the better games you run, the longer you will be in this hobby, shortening the equation. Yep. And there is just benefits across the board for being in this hobby for, you know, a long time. I've been here like most of my life. Um, I love it. I'm not going anywhere um, when it comes to actually playing and running games. I want you to have the same thing. So that's what we're doing here. We're putting that information together. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. You get access to the Slack Room for Life. It's a cool place. There's a lot of different topics going on there. You can talk about all sorts of things, of, of course, gaming, but other things as well. You can join us on our Friday calls. That's a lot of fun. If you are at the $4 level you and you're interested, you can get the materials from MM Plays where we are running Children of the Shroud, our homebrewed Cortex game that I'm GMing and the guys are playing. 
and uh, you can actually get our campaign note. You can get our notes for the game and eventually we'll put out the session notes. But I'm holding on to those because I got spoilers. 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 <laughs> I got spoilers inside all of it. And I don't want to ruin it. That may just come at the end of the. Um, yes. They may just show up at the end. I do want to release them at some point. I'll just say this briefly. I do want to release them at some point because I want to see I want people to see how I prep stuff. Yes. But I Versus got shit in there that I'm worried yeah. I'll contaminate stuff. Yep. So I got to like not show it to you. But I think at the end, we'll just I'll put them all out in a document. You can see this is what Phil's like notes look like. This is, what this is what's behind the screen with Phil when I'm working. Yeah. And it's cool because then you get the like, this is what you made and then you get to listen to and this is what happened. Yeah, and right? some of this shit he didn't even use. Yeah, like which some is of this, pretty normal. What? He wrote this all down and it wasn't <laughs> right. even there. I don't remember that bit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then at the higher levels, um, I know Chris right now is sharing details with his lamplighter system. Uh, I will be in there soonish with some ideas as well. I'm not committing to timelines, but I have two ideas. One is a GMing advice thing and one is a game. Uh, that are heavily on my mind, two of them at least are games that are on my mind, that um starting to like the idea of getting back to work on them. I'll nice. just tell you right now, one of them is Ditch Lilies, uh, uh, because you and I very much do have it. stuff let's, to do to finish that. Oh, we have some work to do on that one. Yeah, for sure. And the other one is Hydro Hackers. Yeah. Are you going to convert it again? I am going to convert oh, it. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not doing it alone. Chris is going to help me. Cool. I'm going to convert it to Blades in the Dark. Yeah. Um, because it is the right thing to do. Yep. It's yep, more yep. work, but it is the right thing to do. Yep. Anyway, you heard it here, and I'll probably admit it if you ask me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to happen at some point. It's going to be a Forge in the Dark <sighs> game. That's just what's going to happen. Okay. Anyway. Um, join the Patreon. That's what I was trying to say. Yes, um, your that's where we support, were. <laughs> your support keeps the lights on, the mics going, the cables on, that run to the mixers, all that stuff. That's all you guys. We appreciate it greatly. So if you can, thank you. If you can't, we understand. And there's one more thing you can do that doesn't require monetary support, but it does require a little of your precious time. Senda, what's that thing? you asked right as I was starting to yawn. Um, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Any new review that you leave actually really does help people find the show, in theory at least. But the other thing that you can do is you can tell somebody directly. So when you're wandering around whatever social media you spend your time on now, because, you know, social media is a wasteland, um, and you see somebody saying, hey, I'm looking for a kind of podcast. Maybe that podcast describes us. Maybe you like us enough to throw our name in the ring. And we really, really appreciate that, too. Um, that definitely really sends new people our way and some very, very cool people, because I think part of the reason that we do this is just being able to meet and interact with all the awesome gamers on the Internet who like to play the kind of games that we like to play. Um, so anyway, send them our way because we love all of you and we want more. Very greedy mm -hmm. like that. More it, it, more cool people, please. <laughs> I, I, I can't like look, you can't like it just feels good. I don't know what else to tell you. Like we record this stuff like into the void. Yes. Like we see we see each other and Ryan, but like we don't see anything else that happens with yeah, it. We don't Maybe know. like one or two of like one or two of the um Misdirected Mark guys like Chris and Jerry sometimes listen to the episode and they'll comment on yeah. and sometimes people will say sometimes it in the Slack room. We actually some, get a lot yeah. of Slack room feedback, but like it's nice. There it's are people nice. out there. We don't know you yet. We don't know like, you yet, but we want to. So we like, want to. Yeah, absolutely. A so. You know, come say hi. Let us know come what you hi. thought of uh, uh, the last yeah. episode you listened to or whatever. Like, it, we're not scary. And I promise that we like to interact with people on whatever platform you find yourself on. Um, if we're there, say hi. Very good. Say, Senda, if my game doesn't go off tonight, what should we do? Hmm. An escape room. <laughs> really? Do I look like the kind of person who'd like an escape room? Timed mm. performance? <laughs> This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, hey. Bloop. Yeah. Hello?
I have Hello? waveforms. Good, good. I wouldn't want you to not have waveforms. That would and I'm going to put my fidget cube down because I can't promise that I won't touch the parts that make clicky sounds. And Ooh. I like Ryan enough not to um, to make fidget sounds on my mic. Right, 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 right. That's probably a good thing. I need a, I need silent, I need like some pipe cleaners at my desk. Pipe cleaners are supposed to be really good for silent podcast fidgets. So pipe there cleaners. are parts of the fidget cube that are silent. The mm-hmm. problem is if I'm not paying attention, I wander not from the silent it. ones to the other ones that are the not ones silent. Click, so. click, 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 yeah. click, and, the, click. and it's extremely satisfying. I'm a huge fan of, uh, I know you, I know you and I have gone through our sets of um, fidget I'm devices. Still exploring. <laughs> I think this one probably is that the three too. ring, three, three magnetic rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, guy. you know, you know where I usually keep those? On the floor under my desk. Yeah, I'm like on the floor yeah. somewhere where they went flying because they broke apart. Yes, yeah. absolutely has happened. Sometimes they put my fingers through all three of them and then yep, they're yep, like, yep. they don't. And then yeah. this and this nonsense. But like yeah. the thing that I've learned is you can't spin them like this. That's how that's how you'll get them on. That's how they end up on the floor underneath pieces of furniture. You have to spin them like this and then they're good. Anyway. I'm going to put them as a triangle, not a line for people, just in case Ryan keeps any of this garbage. Not as a line. Anyway, I suspect these are two. I'm going to put them down now. Yeah. (laughs) I have found, um, and maybe we'll save this for the, um, maybe we'll save this for the lounge, but I have found um, taking my fidget cube to work has helped me immensely in terms of paying attention in meetings and stuff. It makes sense to me. I think I think I just need to actually get some like fidget putty or something at my desk that it, that would also be silent other than like um I look I look like some bad guy or something in all my meetings. Like I'm sitting in my meetings. I'm just going to pick it up for a second. I'm sitting in all my meetings with like my arms crossed like uh, holding it in my hand. That is the that is like the you definitely look like the villain in that situation. Like I'm That's sitting very, I, I I do. I sit in meetings like this with it, right? Like, I usually try to keep mine like down out of like mostly out of camera views. So you just see like maybe a little bit of hand movement down at the bottom of the camera instead of being like, yes. Yeah. I, have, I have like one arm crossed the other one up by my face with the, with the fidget cube and yeah, kind of rocking my best bad guy. Um in that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's get uh let's get on with the show. Let's get lined up for our audio and a cool. and a chunk of silence for Ryan. Good. Yes, yes, we haven't done that yet. Good. Bloop. So the quote fidget that I keep on my desk that I always end up messing with, um, and why I'm like, maybe I just need to get putty is one of those gray artists erasers that you can squish into any shape you want but like it's my eraser but like it just sits here do I use it to erase things no because I am not writing anything in pencil because I have a Frixion pen why does this sit here because I like to play with it sure <laughs> same thing with like my little magnets until they turn my hands black because I had worn yeah, away so all the uh, shiny magnets. parts anyway, anyway we should carry on <laughs> here we go Bloop. hey Senda hey Phil <laughs> damn it don't do that again Yes. Sorry, I thought I was controlling it, but I, you started. I told you to go. You started, and then I immediately took a drink. What the fuck? I tried to keep it going longer <laughs> you, for you to finish your drink. And then you like held it so that I could swallow, but I swallowed really fast <sighs> anyway. And then I thought I was going to keep it together, and then I cracked up because it was a very funny set of circumstances. Right, just, just noted. Just noted. <laughs> poor Ryan. Just noted. We're recording on our. We're recording on Sunday because our schedules got screwed up. So Senda's like finishing breakfast. Oh my god. While like while we're. Rec- yeah, like recording completely I think she's done are you done I, I, I mean I didn't eat the strawberries and I'm still got some tea left but I'm just I'm just gonna stare at the strawberries till we're done all right we're gonna try again here we go Bloop. <laughs> I don't know if you had an expected response for that <laughs> good no Bloop. show me what you got show me what you got show me what you got show me what you got